Welcome to Legends of Greyskull, the podcast that dives deep into the mythology of Masters of the Universe, with your hosts, Matthew Dooch and Sean Scavana. News, reviews, remasterings, and more are just ahead on Legends of Greyskull. Grayskull episode 63, the fan podcast where we discuss the history, the mystery, the magic and mythology of He-Man, Shiva, Eternia, Theria, Nordor, Primus, New Adventures, Old Adventures, Ladybird, UK Annuals, comics, mini-comics, anything and everything you can think of with that He-Man, Shira, Masters of the Universe, Princess of Power, that Mattel logo down in the corner. I'm Matthew Dooch, here again with Sean Skavarna. Sean! How are we doing today? Feels like we just saw each other over the weekend. It's crazy. We we did. (laughs) But they don't know that. They don't know that. We got a little surprise coming up around the corner for you listeners out there. So that'll be cool. Hopefully we'll get some feedback on that. See if they like us doing our new idea. But yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I'm. I, I've actually been excited to do this because in, uh, what, since the weekend, there's little stuff coming out here and there, and it's like we get the chance to at least talk about three key things that uh, have been posted as we we consider them newsworthy at this yep. point. So, yeah, uh, it's exciting. Lots of stuff coming up. Um, before we get to that, a couple things I want to show off right quick. Um, so over, I actually think this was like about a week ago. I, I went hunting. I don't hunt a lot anymore. I, I am more the online guy. Give me a pre-order. Give me a big bad toy store pile of loot. Uh, Amazon. I got my, the battle Ram mega constructs from, uh, Amazon two day shipping paid retail price. That's who I am. But uh, I was out and about in one of the neighboring towns. I had to... Let me out. I wasn't just doing a toy hunt. But I went to more stores than I had to go to just to see. For the for the first time in forever, I actually hit Target, Walmart, and Meyer in the neighboring town. And I usually don't do that. Usually it's I'm, I'm going to Target for something, I'll check there. I'm going to Meyer for something, I'll check there. But this was actually... I went all three places. Um... Uh, and I don't know about you do a lot of that anymore. Just actual, like, just going places just a toy hunt. Uh, the only time I really get to do anything like that is, like, Saturday nights. Uh, my buddy Jesse and I will get together, and we'll maybe hit up Target, Walmart, and GameStop. And that's yeah. pretty much the trifecta. In the right, area. you got that. So, yeah. And thank you for that. This Jesse sounds like an awesome person. I Hopefully I'll meet him someday. Um, hopefully. Hopefully. But that's where I was going with that. The last time I truly toy hunted regularly was when I lived in Arizona with my buddy Nick. Because that's what we would do. We would get together. We'd hit the Toys R Us, the two Walmarts. Tucson was a big town. Two Walmarts, two Targets. You know, and we'd do this this circle. If we were feeling really adventurous, we'd go to Northside Town. They had another uh, Toys R Us. And they had the mall with the KB Toys in it. Like, we would... So... Mm-hmm. And actually, there was a KB Toys in our in our mall, too. And a GameStop. And we'd hit Suncoast. Like, when we were really going... I mean, we would do... 
and we had our route and we hit it. Sure. And I think, I think that's the biggest thing for me now is because I don't have anybody local because a day when you're out hunting and you find nothing sucks when you're by yourself. Whereas if nothing else, it was me and Nick, we were listening to tunes and, uh, and just bullshitting, talking about, you know, Justice League or, you know, Turtles or Power Rangers or whatever, whatever came to mind, you know? Yep. Um, so that's, that's one thing I, I sorely miss is, is having that come, that comrade to go and hit this stuff with, but. I did all right. Struck out at Target. Um, obviously, Rise of Evil two packs are nowhere unless you're like on it. And I, I mm-hmm. honestly, even when we were doing the, the circuit, very rarely did we do like a first thing in the morning. We were more like that, like oh, we meet up midday or in the evening or whatever. We were there were there was a few times where we were chasing mainly in the two thousand X days, chasing Evil Lynn or Tila, like the short packs. Where we'd actually be like, hey, let's get there first thing in the morning and see, you know, what was stocked overnight. Yeah. Um, but the the one thing I did end up finding, and I and this made the day a win for me, uh, and this was at Meyer, my last stop of the day, and I was just cruising, and I did manage to find the Hot Wheels Battle Ram. <laughs> I and saw I, that this weekend. Yeah. Uh, did you? Did you grab it? I didn't get. I didn't remember to grab it by the time that we left Target, but I did see it at a Target. Nice. Yeah, yeah Target's where I. Target's where I scored uh, my Land Shark. Um, and I never saw the Wind Raider uh, in the stores. I got that from uh, a buddy of mine. But uh, yeah, it's the first time I'd seen that Meyer, and I didn't even think Meyer carried them. I just. I just stopped there. I just looked there just because it's like, well, I'm already down the aisle because um, they usually have good stuff on the mega constructs. But uh, I just went by there and actually it had fallen down like on the shelf behind where the track sets are. And for some okay. reason I happened to just like, hey, what's behind here? And there he was. And it didn't mm-hmm. look like somebody hit him because it was like face down, like on top of one of the backs. It looked like it just fell. But really great detail. The missile is actually like a separate sculpted piece that sticks in there. So it looks like it could actually really fire, which is nice. nice. Uh, the decals, which I I can't get to focus off of my big mug. But yeah, the decals are on point. Um, and it just, it's, it's a great representation of the battle ram. Rolls really nice. Mostly metal. Um, which is really cool. And of course, the best part is that the Sky Sled does actually separate. I was just about to ask. <laughs> yep. yep, it does actually separate from the uh, the base and you can fly nice. it around by itself. So that's really cool. Um, hey, those those little, uh, do Mega Constructs, they're, they're a little too big, but uh, the figures for those, I'm they're guessing. Too- they're too big. Yeah. The, if you got the advent calendar one though, that's coming out because maybe. they have the little one. That would they be have a fun the, one to see. If they the were. toy ones. <laughs> I bet they would because actually what I've seen is those world's smallest that, that yeah, yeah. target. Those are in scale with the Hot Wheels. So uh, yeah, ooh, that advent calendar cool. 
is supposed to have the toys for the Mega Construct, so I bet those would fit really nicely. Um, but yeah, it just it's just great having the... This is the kind of stuff I wish for as a kid. You know, this, and like I think I've said on here before, like uh, Micro Machines. I always wanted He-Man Micro Machines, like, of mm. their characters, because you had the Power Rangers with the Zords, and I'm like, He-Man would be perfect, because in my mind... I don't care that it's 94, 95, like, you know, Micro Machines should go chase down the He-Man license. Like, it, they'd be awesome. <laughs> you know, I didn't think about any of the, like, oh, no, He-Man's a dead thing because it never was to me. Well, that that's a good thing. I, I kind of wish you worked at Mattel at that point. Right. Because <laughs> we needed more people who thought it's not a dead thing. We just need to put it out there again and see what happens. But no. <laughs> and the other thing I got real quick, a uh, big shout out to Luke Kulakamp. Um, search him out. He's doing some uh, reply auctions and stuff, clearing off his stock on Facebook. Luke's Throwback Treasures. And I managed to uh, get from him the uh, filmation uh, style evil seed. Nice. Yep, another figure. It's like it's like I never like I love evil seed. The figure was just I don't know. I never made it a priority to grab him, but when Luke threw him up there, I'm like, oh yeah, for sure. And I really <laughs> like they did the they did the, the tendrils very, very much that unrevealed artwork. I I can't yeah. get a shot up there, but it's actually all the way up there. His whole. His legs all the way up to the the joint are tenderly. It's not just the regular like a plain leg up in there. It's it's an actual unique leg to him. There's no way to nice. really show that, but um. And I do have his vines in there, which are arguably the coolest part of him. But it's nice. He's just he's such a classic, memorable villain from childhood. It's like it's nice to see him on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish they would have had an actual hood up alternate head though that's my only thing because that was a big part of the beginning of that episode where you thought hey this might be Skeletor you know or at least my mind I did like just in mm. disguise with that hood up and it's like oh no this is, oh god what is that um, <laughs> why don't you show off what you got I know it's not He-Man but I think it's I think it's on point and I feel, I, I feel like right. I'm talking too much alright I'll show it off um so I brought up my friend Jesse earlier, and uh, so he, um, in the last couple of weeks, one of one of the movies that affected both his and mine, and also Matt's childhood. That we just had a little talk about that before the show. Absolutely, uh, was was uh, Transformers the movie, and that is one that, uh, out of all the '80s properties to this day, I'm, I'm still like, oh dear God, I eat that thing up every time it, you know, anytime I put it on. And uh, he's gotten me into some of the Transformers, Earthrise, and the Kingdom, and all this stuff. And I've been specifically just wanting to get a lot of the Transformers, the movie figures, because when I was a kid, that is what I wanted to represent my collection a lot. And just this week, I managed to get a Springer. And I, I I looked at him in the shop. In the I, I saw him like maybe once or twice in the stores. Every time I just smile and go, "It's Springer," you know, like yeah. Transformers the movie. And now that I got him in hand, yeah. awesome. And I love that he's got it. He's got the two uh, samurai swords, I love two that. guns. I love that, that his stuff. blade turned into swords, like his helicopter yeah. blades. That was always awesome. Yeah, um, I love that in the movie when he had to fight Repgar and he just yeah. pulls out the sword. I was like, exactly. "Yes, that's awesome." 
Now hold him up if you would with uh with Leonardo there, so I can just for me to get a shot a, a sense of scale because I don't really right. look, I don't really pay attention to Transformers as I cruise by them. Oh shoot, do you have Leo two is yep. yeah you, you have two I have Leonardo's. two at the moment I about that <laughs> but I'm uh, but I probably won't have two at some point but right. yeah there's it, for Leo I do have his his legs displayed but um mm. yeah so no, he, so so basically the same just about the same close scale to the same really. height. yeah yep yep nice but I, what i do like about these uh just really quick is there is a scale they're using so it does feel like it's a natural scale right. compared to like when we were kids springer was shorter than hot rod and and, and right. cup and hot rod were big and, I, and it's like i like that now we're we're dealing with the scales so, being a little more the way like Ninja Turtles right now with Super Seven, right? Or even there, Masters, there is like a uniform scale. There's six in scale, figures. but they're relative to each other. They're exactly. scaled correctly. So yeah, yeah. And I really Leo like next that. to him doesn't make sense because you know Leo would be the size of a human, which should be come up to like his shin at best. Exactly, on the Transformer, but yeah, RC is going to be a head shorter than Springer. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, I know yeah. that's drove me nuts. You know what I actually did back in the early two thousands? I had this. Is how much I love Transformers the movie. I got the uh, Transformers Armada was out. That I don't know if you ever watched the show. It was it was a decent show, but I I still like movie better. But I got the Unicron from Armada because I'm like they're never gonna make a Unicron again. Boy, were and, you wrong. <laughs> I ain't spending that in a Unicron. That's still me, my me I still either. have I still have him downstairs. Um <laughs> But and then what I did is they were releasing these little PVC figures at the time. Mm-hmm. That, I, I can't remember the name. They had a name for the line. I don't know if you recall them. But they were like per they were just about perfectly scaled. With the Unicron. And so I was getting all those because they released, you know, they I was collecting all the movie characters. I got Hot Rod. I got Optimus Prime. I got, I think they had the Dinobots, um, mm-hmm. RC maybe even. And I had, so I had the Unicron, who was a big figure. He will, I think I ended up getting on, on clearance for like 40 bucks, but I think it was like 100 originally. Yeah. I could be wrong on those prices. But I mean, Unicron has to be, you know, at least... That tall, and then these little one-inch mm-hmm. figures around him. I'm like, yeah, it probably wasn't a perfect scale, but it looked pretty cool with all these tiny little Autobots. Sure. Around. So that was that was really cool. Yeah, uh, it's it's fun for me because the like classics was the line that I always wanted. I just didn't, I couldn't articulate. This is what I want a He-Man line to be. And then uh, Super Seven came out with the Turtles line, and I passed on that initially. And then I ended up getting Raph. And then when the Leo wave hit, I'm like, I got to get my boy Leo. Right. I, I am like loving that. And now the trend, it's like all the ones that were heavy hitters for me when I was a kid, they're revitalized again. And here we are. We, we have these new scales. We have like, like that's the other thing too. The articulation on these is on point. And oh, the same with uh, like turtles, same with, same with classics. In my opinion, I'd rather mm-hmm. do classics over, uh, origins any day because the one 
the one that my poor son, he, he's four and he loves playing with his origins figures, but the, the legs still, he, he's always like, daddy, can you fix the leg so I can stand he, man? And, <laughs> and, and, and it's like, you know, I, he's the age they're aiming at, but right. some of that articulation still, it's for the people like us. And then there's a certain amount of me doing this going like, man, he would have loved vintage, but I don't think it's, it's this weird thing. It's like the new stuff is what he'd rather have, but he also still sees the old stuff right. and it would be easier for him because yeah. of that, you know? So, but, um, but yeah, like there, there's so much nostalgia out there right now. I love it. I love it. So speaking of that, your son wants something new. We want something new. Oh yeah. So we will be back with something new right after these messages. Stay tuned. Legends of Grayskull will be back right after these messages. For the past 70 years, there have been cartoons on TV. And if you were born sometime after the 1950s, chances are you watched cartoons on Saturday morning, after school, or even during primetime in the evening. But how much do cartoons affect you? How important are they? Did they change the course of your life? For James Etock, that's exactly what happened. My name is James Etock, and I created an unofficial He-Man cartoon with a small group of friends titled The Return of Faker. What is Return of Faker, and what is going on with it? That the Return of Faker was a filmation, I guess, homage, or a love letter to the filmation cartoon that myself and Dusan Mitrovic kind of came up with. Let's 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 bring the toy accurate Faker to the filmation cartoon because the He-Man episode was originally just He-Man with glowing eyes. Well, how come I can't watch it? NBC Universal one month before sent a cease and desist, saying, you know, this is our property. You cannot. Uh, show this for free anywhere. And if I did show it anywhere for free, I would face a lawsuit and be fined $150,000. Despite the current situation, I really want the return of Faker to be released officially or endorsed by the rights holders. How am I going to do this? Well, I'm determined to get as much support as possible from significant people, those that have worked on the brand and the wider He-Man and She-Ra community in general. Now, as I record this, I've no idea whether or not this is going to happen, but maybe together we can make the return of Faker happen. And by together, yeah, I'm looking at you guys. With all your support, the return of Faker can maybe become official because it's f***ing good. So while we document James's journey to try and officially release his cartoon, plus the process he used to make it, we'll also delve into the history of cartoons, and in particular, the rise and fall of Filmation, the pioneering animation studio that created He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, as well as many other landmark shows. So if you love cartoons and hearing insights from industry professionals, you won't want to miss this all-encompassing documentary. And now, back to Legends of Greyskull. Welcome back to episode 63 of Legends of Greyskull. Uh, we're going to dive right in now. We got some news to talk about. Uh, we got some oh, new figures yeah. coming out. And they're not Origins. Let's switch over here. All right. So finally, finally, after 
what, almost nine months of waiting? Mm-hmm. We finally yep. see some official, yet still blurry, shots of Masterverse action figures. Uh, from the, So the first wave of Masterverse is obviously going to be uh, Masters of the Universe Revelation inspired. So mm-hmm. uh, first let's talk about the packaging just in general. Um, I've got Skeletor up on the screen here for our audio listeners. But really the packaging is the same. Um, the only thing that changes is the name on the front and the figure in the packaging. So, Sean, what do you think about just the pack? And again, we can only see the front view of it. We cannot see the side panels, which we know there's character artwork on the sides because they did show off Moss Man earlier. Uh, just the packaging. And I'm assuming there's going to be something on the back, if if nothing else, just a cross-sell. But So we've got our clear look at the front of the packaging. What are your thoughts, Sean? Uh, I, I, I gotta say, I like it. I mean, it's basically Mattel doing, here's, here's our take on Marvel Legends using Masters. And, uh, like for anybody who had a problem with the, uh, with the box, because I saw a few people making comments, it's like, well, Marvel Legends doesn't exactly go crazy for it. They're more worried about what's inside than they are worrying about the packaging. And then on top of that, on the sides, like we saw the Moss Man uh, artwork last yep. year with the PowerCon reveal. And, you know, I'm sure they're going to have some kind of artwork, which that's what Marvel Legends does too. They have the yep. art or whatever design into the packaging. And then if if you want to ask me, I bet you on the back, it'll be similar too, where they'll probably have the figure blown up, mm-hmm. probably like a little bio about right. who Skeletor is and what his, his role is in, in Revelation. And at the bottom, you'll probably see the cross-sell art or, or the photos right. probably for the rest of the line. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we saw the leaked images. Uh, what, how uh, it was earlier this year. I can't remember how long ago that was Talking about from the last investors meeting, the, He-Man the investors Cat. meeting. Yep. Yes. Yeah. That was just yes. about a month and or so ago. It feels longer than that. At yeah, this point, but, so. yeah, no, um, it hasn't been. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, I'll tell you, like that made me skittish for this line because I was really deep down going, please let this feel a little more like collector line than that. That one didn't feel quite as on point. And after seeing the photos, I mean, yes, they're grainy. They're not high res. But after seeing these, I'm like, if I saw this at Walmart or Target, I would be leaping for these on the shelves. I would be leaping to get these as fast as I possibly could and put them in a cart and run. So yeah, that's, that's just my initial take. And the, the other thing I've heard is, Oh, I don't like that. The head is smaller than the body. And that, I, I'm, I'm going to be that guy and just go, when did everybody become an art critic? Like, <laughs> the internet, Sean, the internet. Uh, oh, they, well, exactly. But my, my issue with that is you've never seen anime. And on top well, that- of that, I mean, look at Origins figures. They're not in proportion, and I don't hear no. too many people complaining about that either. So what the heck? You know? For like, that kind of thing, for me, uh, perspective plays a huge role. And we'll get to that more so with He-Man. But I think this is something I'm going to have to see in hand before I really decide how in I am. Um, so for the packaging... 
I have the same general complaints as everyone else does. It's generic. It's, you know, it's what you've come to expect. That could be, uh, you know, change the logo. Not even really the logo, because, I mean, that Masterverse logo, it doesn't even look like a font that we're used to. It's like they just used a random font, you know? So, yeah. so change that to, say, Fortnite, and I'd expect a Fortnite character in there. Change that to, say, Marvel Legends, I'd expect a Legends character in there. Like you said, it's it's going to be the artwork on the sides or the back that are going to make it for me. Um, just just while, real quick, yeah. I, I just wanted to just real quick. It, the Masterverse logo almost makes me think Netflix now owns Masters because it really feels like the Netflix font for Masterverse. On the, the Masterverse top. Now, up top. Yeah. The more I look at that, it's like, man, that looks like Netflix. Right. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's just, it's just kind of a font. Whereas now, yes, down below, under the window, it says Masters of the Universe Revelation yeah. Skeletor. And that is the, the, the new Masters font that we've mm-hmm. seen used in basically all the new product that's being shown off the FYE yep. candy bars, the revelation stuff like this is going to be kind of the new font going forward, which is great. And it's still, that's the part I like, cause it still leaves the door open for if they were going to do a line of 2000 X. Okay. Then you stick that 2000 X logo there. If you're going to do a line yep. of, you know, more classic 80s design, you would stick the traditional Masters of the Universe font logo there. Now, I like this, I like it better for that in that, whereas in Origins, like with the Evil in that came out, they've got the traditional toy Master Universe logo on top and the 2000X Master Universe on bottom, and I think that's silly. So I do like the idea of Master, where it's Masterverse up top and then whatever era specific logo at the bottom. I like that idea better than like a double thing. Mm-hmm. But I just think they could have found something a little more evocative of He-Man. I guess that's my only thing. And the same thing they used a blue fading into a black. How do you not go green there? Like a grayskull green. Like that is so synonymous with He-Man. Like I like the blue. It's a nice blue. Um, but I, I, it's it's one of those things where it's like, guys, you were, you were so close, and yet you missed the <laughs> obvious color scheme there, you know. Uh, after after uh, collecting classics for mm-hmm. the last you know five six years now, I got to admit I'm happy they're moving away from the green because everything with classics was the gray skull green except for, um, wait a minute. Maybe I'm wrong there. No, no, it was basically everything was a gray skull green. And, and I actually got tired of seeing the green for the masters because in my mind, the, the ultimates when super seven launched that, that for me was like, this is how they should have been from the get go. And I'm sure there's plenty of other people that it's like, you see that red and black. It's like, yeah. Well, yeah. And red, I could see the case for red even more so. I mean, we're using the exploding rocks as our background on YouTube. I mean, that's our logo is on those red rocks. Sure. I I think the the way that I look at this is the blue almost feels like it's a neutral color that doesn't need to be drawn from one era or another, because if you think about it, like red and black to me represented the vintage because of the card back. And, and, and then, um, 2000 X had like the paler blue for the logo. And I kind of felt like that represented it with some red maybe. And now this almost feels like it's trying to do its own thing by being the blue and black. 
And also you have the Netflix logo over on the side. Yes. You got Revelation being red. You got Mattel being red. So them doing a blue and black background helps to offset those colors to make them pop a little bit more. And I, the only thing is with these grainy images, I'd love to know what that design is in the blue. Cause right here, it makes me feel like they're selling frozen toys because it looks like it ice looks, crystals it, yeah, all or, over. You know? I think it's supposed to be like a rocky type of background, which again, yeah. okay, you're going with a rock, go with the red exploding rocks. I guess my biggest thing is, I was just thinking about it now when you were talking about the different colors and representation. To me, that that dark blue, it takes me back to the heroic warriors in the vintage. Like they were always, if I recall, the cross cell art was like always for the heroes was always in like that blue font. And so I guess to me, that blue isn't a neutral color. Um, and maybe that's just my mind. But yeah, if. They, Maybe they should have done something like that, like they did in 2000X, where they should have had evil and good packaging, you know, with a color mm. swap. Skeletor's for, forces be purple. The Heroic Warriors be blue. You know, mm-hmm. if you get to the Horde, have them be a red. Like, that could that could have been kind of cool there, too. Mm-hmm. And that's just a simple color swap. Same packaging, just swap the color for which faction you have. Like, that's... Like I said, I just think... I think they're in... Yes, Am I harping on nitpicks? Absolutely. That's why I started this show. Um, (laughs) But I just think there could have been just just a smidge more attention to packaging. Maybe that will change once I see the sides on the back. But we'll see. Mm. Um, Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I'm just going to say, for for me personally... Uh, and, and I know you're the same way as, you know, how many of us, uh, you and I are not men on card guys. No. So at the end of the day, this is going to get opened and the figure is going to be on the shelf and I'm not worrying about the, the box art necessarily right? because I have no owning to this, which that makes it even easier for me to put it in the recycle bin and it is what it is. Um, but, but I can see what you're talking about, but at the same time, it's like the packaging for me is like, pfft whatever let's let's get the like let me see the toy in action let me see him out of the box and all this stuff and it's like that's the beauty of mattel right now they give you this tiny little kernel and then you follow that to the next little kernel and that's how we're dealing with masters every week of our lives right now (laughs) i get i guess i don't want i don't want to belay this packaging talk because i last point these are not outrageously priced they're twenty four ninety nine MSRP, which means potentially a Walmart could even go down easily to nineteen ninety nine. They like to do that kind of stuff. You could see it on sale, you know, through my or whatever. But they're not. I know these are supposed to be like for us, whatever. They're safety tested to six plus. It says it right mm-hmm. on the packaging. They're twenty five bucks. That's not insane for a kid's toy, you know. Sure. So, again, it goes back to the give a kid something that's going to grab their attention, not to where they're just like, oh, it's another one of those, you know, Marvel Legends, Fortnite, whatever. Like, give them something where they're walking down the toy aisle and they're like, huh, what's that? You know, and I get the, and you can argue and say, well, they're already buying the Fortnite toys or whatever. So give them something that looks like it, you know, and yeah, there's that argument too. I'm not saying I'm right or wrong. I'm just saying 
To me personally, I say give him something different because to me in the 80s, that's what Masters was. It was like, you know, I mean, you walk down an aisle, you're not missing the Masters section. Like, well, sure. Are, it's exploding literally off the toy shelves. So Exactly. But uh, the other thing, though, yes, it's tested to six plus, but these are based on a on a cartoon that right. is going to be aimed heavily at you and me, not a six Absolutely. plus. Absolutely. So in that way, I think that's kind of why they did it the way they did it, where these are ones you're going to be looking for versus something that grabs your eye as a six year old or a seven year old. And that's that's kind of the difference to me. Origins works great for having the packaging that they do. But this, when you're aiming it, definitely as a collect, and that, that's the one thing I don't see on the package is it does not say collector, adult collector. No, that's on what it. I'm saying. It's it's. So there you go. You got that not, one, but they're not trying to exclude them. And I think, I think they're trying to leave the door open. So if they mm-hmm. want to do a Netflix He-Man in the Masters of the Universe wave, you know everything's tested out to where they can do a wave that's marketed to the kids and then a wave that's marketed to, uh, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're sure. I think they're really trying to keep the doors open on this line to have as much potential as possible. So, And, and that is something I actually want to give kudos to Mattel for the foresight to that, because that's a line right. that if you would have told me before last August that they're going to think of that, I would have thought you were nuts because it didn't sound like a great idea from like a well okay what era are they going to pick on and what are they right. going to use from and, and instead it's like now when i see this and then the, the you have it, you know representing revelation you can have one representing the new cgi one you could have one representing mm-hmm. the, even the 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 87 movie at some point which that would be ah now that i have those figures it's like right i can use a couple of his dark trooper guys i could exactly. use a couple of you know so um so in that regard it's like i'm i'm actually impressed by the thinking mattel has to this uh, more than i would have it more than i have been with other thinking they've done previously in the last year i'd say i'll agree with that all right so let's run down the figures themselves skeletor thoughts He's the one I got to see in hand the most. Um, I don't dislike him. I actually, the colors are working for me. Is it the Um, face? It's it's the head and the face because in this one, I I think as much as I hate to agree with the people about the small head, I want to see how that hood looks around his head because it really does feel like it's almost like a bonnet now, which I hate the bonnet. I've always hated the bonnet. I think, <laughs> and it I, makes me I wonder how it's going to look. I agree with you. I think, I think we're missing part of it in this picture. I think it's blending in with the shadow. I, I think the too, sides man. of his head. I think we're losing that in this shot. I think there's more of an out that you can't quite see because it's blending yeah. into the hardness and the shadow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it looks like it's like pasted to his forehead right there, and it comes yeah. down far mm-hmm. so if that's if that's like an out if it actually goes out and there's a space there i'm good with it if it's actually plastered to his forehead then it's actually looking like new adventure skeletor's helmet to me mm-hmm. um and to me that face almost looks smiling again which i know there's yeah. a fine line between smiling like ah, this is awesome i love this ride and smiling like i'm gonna kill you all <laughs> See, I, I'm already getting the second one from this because it's the way the eyes are shaped. 
And it's the overall feeling like for me, the initial reaction was, thank God he's not doing a birthday surprise look again. Cause I real like when that, when that was the first offering from origins, that was an easy pass for me. It's like, I'm I'm happy to buy it for my son, but there's no freaking way I'm displaying a Skeletor that looks like that on my shelf. And um, and yeah, the yeah. other thing too, uh, the hands, the extra set of hands actually don't look like the karate chop hands, like we talked about in the initial um, reaction. They look actually like they're a little more like this. Yeah. So I don't know if they sh- changed something from that presentation to now. Or if maybe they use something in the presentation that was just a, we're just using it for the time being to get it out there, but we're actually going to do something else. But those, those hands definitely have more of like a, this feeling in the package than this. Right. And And that made me happy. I will say the proportions look better here. They don't, and I'll, I'll say this right now for all the figures, they don't, uh, they look like they're going to scale well with the classics. They look like they're bulky. Whereas in that yeah. that investor meeting, they looked really thin. And mm-hmm. you can see the muscles that were washed out or whatever in those other pictures. They do have some definition, um, especially in the chest to stomach area. Like that actually looks normal on these guys. Whereas I know I made mm-hmm. the comment that He-Man looked like he had a dad bod and like his his torso was way like stretched out. Yeah. Um, so that the proportions are a lot better. They look like they're going to be chunky figures. Um, the accessories look good. Hands look better. I like the colors. There's there's nice paint apps on this. His crossbones are different. They're like a a, a whitish grayish, like an actual. They're bone grayish. Color. Yeah. So he's got. A little, it, it looks e- like he's got a little bit of detail. The bat is a slightly different shade of purple. Like they really yeah. brought out. The uh, the well, details in the paints, even even like the uh, I, what would you call those? The like I, I don't want to call them fins, the but the, the the yeah the pauldrons that come off of his harness mm-hmm. are are black, which yep. I I dig that they're at least going there where it's like okay those are now a different color which doesn't bother me. You have even the harness uh, straps being more of a, like a dark yep. purple to black, and even the. Um, the waist, uh, like from the belt that, uh, whatever, there's actually a word for that. Um, the belt itself or no, 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 no. The, the piece that always Skeletor has those like three or five pieces that come down from the belt, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. That is, that is, there's a, his loincloth I would use like, like Skeletor's loincloth that he has. That's black, which I actually think is really cool because, I, when we initially saw these figures in the investor meeting stuff, it felt like these are going to be just the paint apps were going to be so sparse. And now that I see this, I'm like, no, I actually like the variations we're having here. He he doesn't just look, it's all purple with blue skin. Yeah. And we don't see the whole thing, but I like seeing that the the leg that is bent, you can see he's going to have his, his feet be blue and right. they're not gonna. It, it's it's gonna look more 2000x than it is gonna look uh, filmation where he had boots on all the time. Yep. And I like my Skeletor to have the feet out because it it's one of those. It, it differentiates him from He Man. He Man has right. the the boots and all that. Skeletor should have the open feet. So I'm right. I'm I'm digging it. It for looks the most a, it part. looks a I, lot I just better. See that face. If I, if I see it in person, I'm more tempted to pick it up than I was. Um, next, we got the man himself, He Man. 
Um, I like, again, the proportions are, are there. Uh, the double knee looks a bit more obvious on him, but it's not terrible. Um, extra, well, the hands in the, in, he's got on are his more open hands. And same thing, they look grappling. They don't look karate chop. Mm-hmm. I can't even touch on the, the head. I, I need some high-res pictures. I think all these are going to come down to the heads for me, and uh, and you just can't see it there. My, uh, he looks like He-Man. He's got a nice, he's got a nice loincloth. There's a bit of 2000X in there. I really like the chest harness. I really like how that H symbol turned out on the regular chest harness. Um, mm-hmm. It looks amazing. My biggest gripe about him, though, is still present here, and I don't care for that sort of power how I'm seeing it. It looks too long and skinny. I, I that's and again, maybe it's perspective, maybe it'll look better in hand, but that's my one complaint about He-Man is the sort of power still does not look as imposing as it should. Um with this one, what what I like about it is we just had the big talk about the uh the box looking at Skeletor. Mm-hmm. And Skeletor being blue already, it's like, yeah, that washes out. When you look at He-Man, it's like, bam, he's yeah. right there. And the, it, it's like his his colors represent that energy that you would expect from Masters. And I'll, uh, like, I get your complaint about the sword. I personally, yeah. I'm not too worried about the sword because... I look at it the same way I looked at 2000X. It's like, this is the Revelation sword. Just like 2000X had its sword. And, you know, you and I have said previously on the show, if people are going to go into this figuring, everything is going to look chapter and verse to filmation. They are going to leave it being upset. And I know that they probably should not have said that off the bat. But as I said in that uh, episode, we talked about it. When you're in that room and you're Kevin Smith and you're talking to people yep. that live and breathe this, you say what you can to make sure you're not going to either get pitchforks and torches yep. chasing you out the hall or whatever. And it's like this, this yeah. for me, like all, all the things that I wasn't impressed by in the initial photo that we got, I feel like a lot of that stuff has disappeared now yes. that I've seen this because that the hair sculpt and the face sculpt, even though this is a grainy image, it looks the better. more I look at that, I'm like, this feels right compared to the other one. Yeah, I can get why people had their issues with it. And I was waiting for something like this for a little better. Um, I'm actually surprised to see the shield because oh, he never used it on the show, except for um, I know Prince Adam did. And yep. on the uh, on a good. few episodes, but it was never he, it, here's the legit like the only version of He-Man that did that was 2000X. And right. he did that only on a handful of shows too. So I love that they're doing that. I, I'm actually digging the head sculpt with the, the, the sculpt of the hair. It that's looks- always been a, how do you handle this with He-Man? And it, it looks yeah. updated. It looks, it looks like it actually could work. I'll give you, the, I'll say it, it does look like it works here, but again, I, I guess I'm being, I'm being, I'm managing my expectations by saying we'll see how it looks high res and in hand because it looks good, but again, low res. So maybe that's just masking the Mondo hairstyle. I don't know. Well, um, I, I, <laughs> if Mondo looked like this, I would have gotten one. 
Let's put it that way. Well, I'm just if saying, Mondo would have looked like that, it, it, it looks more. And I, I feel think, like they I probably it, did a hybrid of those. Yeah, maybe. I think it does too. I think it does. I'm just saying. I it, think um, Power Sword. I I get what you're saying, and yes, I'll put this above 2000X Power Sword. Absolutely. But Sean, what's my number one complaint about the 2000X series? You don't like the power sword. Exactly. <laughs> like the power sword is so pivotal to me as a He-Man fan. Like to me that and I, I get that you were there before the power sword was necessarily like a focal point as much or a different focal point, but to me it all that that filmation power sword is so ingrained in my mind. And I'm not saying it has to be the filmation power sword. But it was so, it's so representative of the franchise for me that I want them to nail it. You know, biggest complaint about New Adventures, the Power Sword. Biggest complaint about 2000X, the Power Sword. Yes, this Power Sword is better than those, but I still think it could have been done a little better. I do like the brown wrap around the handle. I really like that that color break on it. uh, There's a lot of times I don't, but I, I I like it here. It works for me. And I like yeah. the I like the reds they used on He Man. They're yeah. they're a duller red. They're more of a a and I'm no colorist, Sean, but more of a rusty like a more natural like a, red. Almost like a burgundy esque. Right. There, there's like a little bit of brown in it, so it's not just here's a bright red. Yeah, it's not that shiny red that, that this feels more natural. Like more old yeah. warrior, more like they took 2000X where they switched it to the Browns. Yeah, it's like they yeah. they did that, but they still kept it on the red side of the spectrum. So I really like that. Yeah, and uh, and I agree with that. And I mean, the changes that they're doing here, like honestly, see, I'm I'm on I'm I'm in a completely different wavelength than you on the power sword because the power sword wasn't the sword we had as a kid with the toy on filmation. That was right. its own thing. So when I was a kid, I never followed Filmation chapter and verse for the fact that I already had my own ideas. And it's like, that's where yeah. me being the old, annoying, right. grizzled, turbo revving young punk, you know, like going back to Transformers, the movie. I mean, it's like, I look at this and, and, and like, however they represent the sword typically doesn't bother me because my, perf- my, my favorite version of the sword usually is the Alcala version, which doesn't get as much love right. in popular culture. So I usually just throw my hands up and go, it's a power sword. Okay. You know, and in this case, yes, it's longer than I would expect it to be. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, but it's still, it's still the, the, the shapes are sort of there. The design isn't, I mean, the design for 2000 X, even when I saw that one, I was like, well, this is definitely like a, you know, this is anime. They definitely yeah. went anime with the look. And I guess watching the show, it made me go, I don't mind it as much after a certain point on MYP. This one, it's like, all right, I get I get your complaint. It could yeah. be a little shorter, maybe, and maybe a little thicker. But right. I don't know. To me, to me, it works. That's, that's fine. I completely sword. admit that it's me. Um, um, and honestly, throwing it, you're throwing it back to the 80s. I'll throw it back to the 80s. You know, my biggest complaint about the vintage He-Man figure again, was the sword. You know, you hear people talk about how they they wish that their figure looked like the cartoon. Like, I was fine with the figure of He-Man back in the 80s. Like, I got that, you know, that from figure to screen. 
But I even back in but even back in you know the 80s, I wanted my He-Man action figure to hold a filmation-esque sword, a full sword without the the um the cross guard or you know yeah, would that be a cross guard down there by the by the hilt of the sword, you know, it had that. Whatever. Yeah. Um, that was my biggest complaint about my vintage He-Man figure was his sword looked nothing like I wanted it to. So I get it. That's me. So <laughs> you're such a geek. I no, am. But, <laughs> like when I was a kid, I just cut that thing off, and it was what it was. I cut but, mine um, off. To, well, I I lost my gray power sword, but I had the blue weapons pack power sword. That was my power sword, and I cut I cut the the cross guard handle good hand man guard, whatever good man there. all right good man evil in evil in let me get to her uh come on evil in there we go she's got the most flash on hers which annoys ah. me so you can't really you can't you think, really get you think they the, did that on purpose don't you <laughs> no no i just I, i'm like <laughs> out of me. all the figures that we we weren't the most impressed with previously She's yeah. still the one where I'm like, I got nothing to go on other than I I like that they displayed yeah. her at least with the traditional yep. head sculpt and not the alternate head like they did in the uh, investors meeting. Uh, but honestly, I, I'm just going to say she doesn't bother me as much as I, I get. Yes, it's a departure and all this stuff. But when you put that head sculpt on her, I just kind of go, okay. I mean, it, it to looks, be honest, Eva Lynn's never been a character that I've been like, no. she has to look this way. Like I, the, 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 the um, secondary characters like mm-hmm. Tila, man at arms, evil and beast man, whatever those characters, you could kind of evolve their look. And I probably won't lose my mind that it doesn't yeah. look identical. You know, it's easier to accept for sure. Sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I, the outfit, from what I can see, looks better than I remember it looking. I don't remember that bright blue fur around the neck, which I think is really helping give me an Evil Lynn vibe. It, yeah, reminiscent uh, right there, yeah. did I'm trying to think back. Did we even see the alternate head? Like, Well, not the alternate head, but her crown head? <laughs> She she had the long hair version of her on the figure, and then they right. had the alternate head off to okay, the side. Because I'm sure if they would have showed it without the alternate head, there would have been a huge problem. Right? More I thought than we there did, but <laughs> so. it looks better on the body. Like exactly, it's it's, it's really going to come down to those details in the mid range for me that are obscured by the flash. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's looking better. Uh, step yeah. in the right direction. I I actually like uh, until we get the high res versions of the faces. I'm going to just say I'm actually yeah. enjoying what I can make out in these faces more than I was expecting to, and she is no exception. Between her and He Man, I like the, the it, both the alternate yeah. head and the traditional head. I'm actually enjoying the. Ex- it, she doesn't have like a evil snarly expression like they did that with Origins, and I mm-hmm. was like, why did you make that? I, I didn't I didn't personally like that they did that. This I like that it's just here's an example of this is evil right. and she just looks very serious. She yep. looks like it reminds me of like 2000 X. Every time she was about to do a spell, she just had that look on her face like, okay, it's focus time. Let's do this. I'm gonna wreck these guys. And I like it feels very similar. Yeah, and, and her like, staff looks nice too, from what yep. I can see of it, by the way. And she's got three sets of hands total. Which is really cool. I like that they they um 
So you figure I, I'm figuring grabbing, punching, and spell casting. Spell casting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I'll be completely honest, as much as I absolutely love classics and that being what my mm-hmm. favorite brand of He-Man is for the toy lines to this point. One thing that I, I keep hitting the wall against in the last few months is man, would I love to have swap out hands on these figures now because super seven doing it with the turtles line. And now we're getting them for here. It's like, I think if there was anything they could have done to make that line better, it would have been interchangeable hands to do different poses. I completely agree. It's the one thing it was missing. All right. And last up we have the master of camouflage. Moss man. Favorite of Matthew Rodriguez. Yes. (laughs) Um, now yeah. this this is actually kind of the first Masterverse figure we saw as we got that leaked image. That was probably about a year ago now, that Mossman leaked image, which I'm happy to say, while reminiscent of this figure, does not look like. They do, they do not look the same. So mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking... And I think we even speculated this at the time, if not since then, that that leaked image was kind of a proof of concept. And yeah. now we had the built off of a classics figure, and now we have the actual figure here. Um, I like um, on the loincloth, they did make the belt brown. That I remember. That was one of my big complaints was that that whole, the belt and the loincloth were all green. Basically, the whole figure was a green and there was no color break. And they've really changed that here. They, it's got, he's actually got a few shades, like his upper chest is a different shade than his stomach. He's got some vines coming up. He's very, he's very foresty. He's got vines everywhere, but he's not as swamp thing to me as that early leaked image was. Well, that the head that's on him right there, I, I'm like, when's Beast Band coming out? They they really did do the connection it's a bit more of a he, ferocious than the serene. Yeah. Yep. And and he does have that feeling. Uh, like I I could definitely see Beastman's face being that, and then they do the body yep. maybe a little more bestial, like a two thousand X perhaps. Yep. But uh, but yeah, like this one, and, and then he also has uh, what is that next to him? He's got like a tree. It looks like it's or vines or something. I, I guess. think it's gonna be because if you look at the end, that's that's sticking up towards the top of the package by his his arm there. I think it's gonna be another interchangeable hand that's got vines shooting out from it. And and see, that's that's what I I'm digging this because yeah, two thousand so was the one to like, push him in that in that way, right? So, so instead of here an we get a like chance. Club weapon, He's gonna yep. have like this shoot, like he shoots vines at somebody, which is and awesome. I'm d- I'm completely down with that because I like 2000X was the one to make me go, oh, Mossman can do this. This I love, right? Because when I was a kid, Mossman just collected uh, dust bunnies and whatever else was on the carpet and drove me crazy. And now 2000X was like, oh no, he can do these things. He can manipulate yep. nature. He can do that. And it's like, I'd rather have him be that version than the camouflage because to me, camouflage really isn't that interesting to me as a kid versus you're telling me he can manipulate plants to like save the day. Cool. You know, like it would turn me into a freaking like naturist or whatever at a young age. (laughs) I want both. It's like, okay, so he camouflages in with a tree. 
And then as Trapjaw comes by, he just steps out and just boom. Exactly. You know? I mean, exactly. It's, you, it's that hit you never see coming. Um, and again, he's got three sets of hands. So obviously he's got his like grabbing and in the splayed hands and maybe like a middle or maybe punching, grabbing and splayed. It's kind, it's kind of harder to tell with his extras because yeah. all four of his extras look very similar. Um, yeah. I like though. The other thing I re- the other thing I recall um from the thing from the leaked image is like his his feet and his fingers were very like a dark brown like a tree trunk wood and here it's a much nicer brown again the the colors I I I said it back then the colors are really making this because they still went brown there but it's more in the spectrum of his greens. Like it looks more yeah. natural. Like he is. It looks like he was grown in the forest. Like he grew yeah. up and he started walking around. I, I really am digging this look for him. I I think out of all the versions that we've ever had of Mossman, this probably visually will be my favorite because yeah. I, I always felt like, it, when you make a character an individual versus just a repaint or a touch up or whatever, you're going to make it more interesting to me as appealing to me. Because if like, I didn't, I didn't know when I was a kid that beast man and moss were the same figure, but right. later on I'm like, Oh, I see what you did there. Mattel when I got older yep. and now I look at it and it's like 2000 X, let him be his own thing. And that's kind of where I started really digging him, even in classics. They gave you that extra head, so he had like the forest spirit kind of a feeling, the Sasquatch looking face. Yeah. I like that. Um, I like that. I, I want to see those those feet because that was yeah. something that I know it's it's been. Eh, is it cool? Is it? Not? I like the fact that they're doing the possibly like the 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 stumps with the tendrils and right. all that. You no, know, like they, a swamp thing. You look so. at his lower legs, and they don't taper into feet like. You know, nope. everybody else does. They are like down, like his, yeah, his uh, calves and his feet are tree stumps. Like he is, they're bigger set. Exactly, you know? and I want I other... want him on my offensive line for the Chicago Bears next year <laughs> because he is going to dig in and ain't He's nobody blowing him up. Exactly. The the other thing uh, across the board that I gotta say, at least in in Mossman and He Man's case, that we can't see it on Skeletor because of the uh, whatever that is the 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 thing going across his uh, or going in front of the loincloth. Those whatever I, I I'm having a really hard time. You know what I'm talking <laughs> about if you've seen Skeletor. Yeah. Um, I love that they're going with the, the more classics loincloth where it hangs yeah. low and I can even see, um, more so on Mossman than I see, uh, with He-Man. I like that we're seeing there's little, uh, little divisions within the cloth. So if you want to bend the, the leg up to a 90 yeah. degree angle, it looks like you're going to have no problem. Um, and I think that, that uh, that is not the same loincloth either that's on He-Man. It's there's, his own specific loincloth, which I a little, love. Yeah, there's a little bit of detail that I can't quite make out in the belt, and then obviously it looks like moss instead of yes. fur hanging down. So, yes. like you said, Skeletor's yeah. got a unique one. He-Man's got a unique... I think we will see some repaint, obviously. Like, if you get mm-hmm. to Mephisto, 
that's going to be a repaint He-Man, I'm sure. Yeah, but it's Man-at-Arms nice probably it's, too. It's nice that they are on some of these going like, hey, he deserves some unique sculpting here. Yeah. So. The, the only thing for me, uh, and, and I, I guess this would be a nitpick, but classics and even the original, yeah. uh, the vintage line, uh, they always had a little extra, like uh, Man-at-Arms would have like the painted jewels in his belt. Right. Or something in the vintage line and, and in, in uh, classics, He Man had all the jewels painted around his belt. And these, it's just here's yellow yeah. or here's brown for Mossman or whatever. Yes. And that's the one thing I'm missing from the designs that I think would make them even better because I, I actually enjoy that. It's like one of those tiny little details, but it's a detail that I've come to appreciate. And Seeing them just be the one color now, I almost feel like you did a lot of other really cool stuff here, right. but then you just didn't want to do that. <laughs> okay. And, so cool. and to be honest, with all or, the good I'm seeing, I'm not going to give them too much crap about it. I just mess it. Well, I think that's it. I think, I think at the end of the day, it was, okay, do we do, do we do a unique belt scope for Mossman or do we paint the jewels on him? You know, like, like and what, I, what do we yeah. want here? I, we can't, we can't, I, we probably can't have both. Cause I mean, mm-hmm. the paint apps that are on here are well above that of, of an origins figure or like, mm-hmm. you know, a regular retail figure, the say $15, which is more than normal retail range. Yep. They've really stepped it up, but you know, eventually that stuff does add up. So it's like, okay, sure. what do we want here? And like you said, it'd be nice to see them, but I think they made the right call as in I'd rather have the unique sculpting. Exactly. That. So, yeah, no, like I, I mean, the only other thing I could think of to make this line even more exciting for me is if they could have had a little more variation in the body types like 2000 X, but right. you know what? The unique sculpting on, on Mossman already, the unique sculpting for He-Man, Skeletor. I'm like, you know what? Maybe, like you said, I'm not going to split hairs about this one. So uh, Maybe that's why we don't have like a Beastman or somebody in Wave 1. Maybe because they're like, okay, Wave 1, this is going to pay for the basic tooling. And then Wave 2, we can introduce the bigger body type. You know? I'm hoping. So hoping, maybe yeah. that, maybe that's planned out too. Like okay, because it is a very odd. Because we're still missing, and this these are the four figures that were shown, but we're still missing uh, Spike or Man at Arms. Tila. No, I thought Tila wasn't in the first wave. Was she? Yeah, she's in the first wave. Okay, pretty sure. So Spike or Man at Arms, Tila, and the oversized Skeletor. Here we go. Right? So I, maybe, I'm actually pulling it up here on and, New, and, Toy News Eye because yeah, they have right. the listing of everybody. But yeah, so, I'm, think, um, I'm thinking maybe that's why a Beast Man wasn't included in Wave One because they're like, well, let's spread this out. Well, here, other figure, it, it, like here, uh, Toy Toy News International uh, last night they did this post in hand packages. Obviously, He Man, Skeletor, right. Moss Man, Evelyn. Other figures we know coming to the line include Spike or Teela, Man at Arms, Beast Man. Okay, so Beast Man. And then there's also the Oversized Skeletor and the Battle Cat. And ba- that's well. what it was. So, uh, because in the initial meeting, the PowerCon reveal, they said eight figures. So that's where my mind was getting. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. Oversized Skeletor and Battle Cat were not part of those eight figures. That's, that's mm, where my mind was. There you go. Enough. 
So maybe we do have an oversized figure coming still, or even. And I don't really need an or, like I don't need Beastman to be like a foot taller. But like you said, if you could just have a little bit like ape-like upper body, you know, just little tweaks there that kind of. Yeah. Like I don't need him much bigger than Moss Man, but I want him a little bigger than Moss Man. And you're already seeing it, you know, with Mossman, like we said, the lower calves are stockier. So it, they're not opposed to doing that. It just what what degree are they going to take it to? Sure. All right. Let's switch over to our next topic of discussion. All right. Sean, take it away because you scooped even me on this one. I woke <laughs> up to the news from you. Late on late last week, um, I was on Motu Nation, and out of nowhere, um, one of their members uh, posted: "Here is a page from the Dark Horse uh, Masters of the Universe Revelation prequel comic, which we've only seen the covers as of our last podcast." So now, uh, and we talked about um, Mindy Lee and her artwork. We gave a couple of examples in the YouTube feed about that. And here we have one page at least to show (laughs) a little bit of the interiors. And it it was kind of fun to go, wow, we just covered it. You know, the covers and the covers were a big thing the other week. And now here we are and boom, here's here's something more to go on than just, you know, covers. And we never found out where this came from, correct? I I looked as you know, I, I did searches on Google. I right. looked at all the different uh, comic book websites I could think of, and I could not find where the source was. And I even went to the guy who posted it, and I right. specifically asked him where did he get it from, and he never responded. So yeah. whether this is I, I looking at it i'm like there's no way this isn't legit because i right. don't see why somebody would do this and turn it into a thing you know like I, why would anybody want to draw up something and make it that it's not what this actually is supposed to be and, and turn it into a big problem you know? and to and to, well actually i can see that but this looks finished this looks professional they yeah. are in these designs that we've only seen the cover on and they're in a style that I could, I look at and I can easily go based on what we looked up last episode. These look like something Mindy Lee drew. So to not only come up with this, but then to be able to mimic her style with those cover, like it, like you said, just, it's too improbable that this isn't a legit page. Um, and unfortunately, there's been nothing else since that no. post. And I, I, he he never posted, and no one else yeah. even leaked this on any comic book sites or any entertainment sites. So, you know, it's like I was doing the whole, I want to post it because it's something we can talk about. But I'm yeah. also like, you know, grain of salt. But hopefully this is legit. So, so I mean, just yeah. going through the page here right quick for our audio listeners, if you guys haven't seen it. So, it's three panels. Up top, we've got He-Man holding... The power sword up over his head like he's about to swing it down. We got uh, four palace guards flanking Tila. And uh, Battle Cat and Orko are standing behind He-Man. And King Randor's lying on the floor as this like pink mystical energy fills through the air. Uh, He-Man says it's gone. Flips to the next Orko panel. Orko says it's gone. Huh? 
Orko I'm sorry, that is gone. that is Orko. My apologies. Yeah. Orko's saying it's gone. <laughs> we go to a, a uptight panel there of He-Man staring at a sword while in the foreground. Uh, Tila's yelling at some guards to help me get him up. Um, you know, getting King Randor up off the ground who seems unconscious. Uh, and then the bottom half of the page is a shot of Castle Grayskull at night, possibly with some rain coming down. I can't tell if that's the resolution of the photo or if there's supposed to be a little, like a, like a light shower. It um, does look like it's raining. Yeah. And then the, uh, the cat, or... The text box says, The Feld Monarch is hastened to the... Re- to the real seat of power, a living monument cleverly massed in death and decay, a painted foreshadow of the world that waits. And it's got two speech bubbles going into the mouth of the castle where the drawbridge is open. One has to be He-Man saying, I don't understand. I didn't even swing the sword. And another one saying, no, He-Man. No as in K-N-O-W. Just in case you're on audio. And it trails off, and I assume that's the sorceress, and her speech is continued on the next page. So, not a lot of information, other than, obviously, this is, this is the scene right after the Orlax has attacked um, Randor's hurt, and apparently the thing vanished without He-Man even hitting it with his sword. What do you think, Sean? Yep. Yeah. Um, so I guess my initial thoughts were cool. Yeah. You know, like, because when I, when I saw the variation of, of Mindy Lee's artwork, I was like, so what are we going to get here? You know, and now that I see what it is, if this is how the animated series is going to look and, and there were people out there going, you know, I know in the last episode, even Jason Torrance was like, well, do are they going to have it be darker for the comic and then it's going to be this way in the in the show and it's like i i believe this that i think what you're getting in the comic is going to feel like what you're going to get on the show and if this is any exactly i mean they'd be crazy not to and if if this is any indication of the you know how the the figures are going to look in one way or another to -hmm. represent that i'm like i can't wait to watch five episodes of this looking this way because um, I, I know, <laughs> I know these have been marked up by artists with critiques over the last, uh, over the weekend, which made me just yeah, do the Ryan Reynolds meme like this. Cause it's, it's, it's anime and, and, and it, they're trying to bring that flavor to this, you know, and you and, can do that with any artist. I mean, exactly. People love Rob, uh, Liefeld and. I mean, his his art is subjectively garbage at times. Like, I mean, his his well, anatomy even, and everything. You know, yeah. Jim Lee. I mean, it, you take any artist and you can nitpick about their art style. Like, but that's sure. art. I mean, if that, I don't know. I'm just, I, I like you said. I'm sick of seeing that. I'm sick of people just going like, oh, well, if you look at the calf here, it should be more exactly. Like, come on, like just no, look, like just look at it as a whole. And to me, Even, this looks like Masters. Like, I see it, these three panels, and I'm like, I'm in. This is a Masters show. If this is a representation of what the TV show is going to look like, even better, because it's going to be even more refined and less artist interpretation in the show. But mm-hmm. I'm good with this for a comic. 
You know, yeah. I'm like, I am, I was already locked in. Now I'm excited about it because Grayskull looks like Grayskull. You know, that's Tila. Those are clearly palace guards. You know, I mean, it's, they're, mm-hmm. they're the orange armor, blue helmets with the mask in front. Randor looks like Randor, you know, maybe a little more robish than usual, but I'm good with it. Like you look at him and you go, I don't need a word bubble telling me this is King Randor. No, it is King Randor. Orko is Orko. You know, it's great. Even Tila, she's got like a little like half skirt thing going on with her, but I'm still like, that's Tila. And Mm -hmm. let me ask you this, which is the big controversy I saw over the weekend. Is King Randor killed in those panels? I don't think he is because, I mean, right off the bat, Angel is like, help me get him up. And right. and Feld can mean, it doesn't mean that he's dead. Feld right. can mean that he just got wounded, you right. know? And, and, it and to me, me I get, but that's where people are going. They're like, well, it says Feld, and that means dead. It's like, yeah, it also it can mean a variation of other things as well. And why would you take your dad's dead body to Castle Grayskull? I can see He-Man going there afterwards, but why would he take his dad's dead body? Well, I I don't know. Like I'm I'm very much of the I'm just wanting to read this because right. it, uh, there's the amount of jump the gun on everything that comes yeah, out because I've said it I've said it a thousand times on this show and I have to say it a thousand times more and I'm not trying to be that guy. It's just you know. It, this is never going to be identical to what you wanted it to be when you were a kid because times have changed. They're trying to adapt it to more audiences. And yes, we grew up with this, but there's also a, they need to make it palatable for everybody. They're not just trying to like, we were a big enough fandom to keep a collector's line going for over 10 years. That's one thing. Right. But if they want this stuff to succeed, it has to reach more and it has to reach the people who are the, the as Peter Venkman said in Ghostbusters 2, the straights, where, right. you know, like get them out there to the, to the, to the casual audience. And then they're like, hey, I remember this. Holy crap, it's a new He-Man comic book. How cool yep. is that? They flip through it and you're going to get an element of how it feels to watch the show. They're going to be in on it, you know? Right. And I mean, it, there's different interpretations. It's just that simple. It will yeah. never be your masters. It's a corporate entity and they're trying to do as best as they can to bring this to life once more. And I'm, I'm Mr. Hey, I'm cool with following it. If it feels like this right now, because this is definitely a step in the direction of what I've been waiting for it to be versus right. I don't need him to show up on earth fighting the justice league. again. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. good with that. No, but I, I, I agree with you, and I'm just uh, – that's my big thing. Just hold your expectations. Don't assume anything because of these three panels, and don't be, I'm quitting the book because they killed King Randor right away. It's like, you don't even know where this lands in the book. This could be the second to last page of the first issue. This could be the first page of the fourth issue. You know, everyone's assuming it's from the first, which makes sense, but we don't know that. Mm-hmm. This could be this could be the the second to last panel before it goes into the Revelation TV series. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we we have no idea. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm not saying it is or it isn't, but there there's all we can assume from there is that King Randor was attacked by the Orlacs, which we got that from the the description when they announced the book. 
And after the attack, they take Randor to Grayskull. That's all we know. Stop assuming. Stop the rage quits. Wait and see. At least wait and see what the story is before you quit the story because of what you think it's going to be. I'm not saying Randor survives. Maybe he does die. All I'm saying is you can't tell from these pages. Um, last thing I think. What do you think the Orlax is going to be? Because I've, I've checked in the compendium. There is, up till now, there is no entry for an Orlax. Okay, because that was one of those things where I was going to have to look it up because I felt like that was like a deep dive that I don't remember. And so now I'm like, I don't even, like, based on, it obviously gets into the throne room. Mm-hmm. It gets into the palace. So is it a shapeshifter? Is it something like that where it's, or is it, is it like, um, cause that's the thing. Is it a monster? They have so many palace guards already gathered. They got Tila. Obviously I'm, Adam had to turn into He-Man to go up against this thing. So it must've been powerful enough that he felt, Oh, you know, we need He-Man on this. Let me see. Battle cat. I'm, I'm thinking, I was thinking monster. I was thinking monster from actually from that. Let me pull up the actual uh, description of what that like synopsis that they revealed. Cause I thought it said something about the. Maybe my mind just went to monster. I don't know. Um, let's see if over here. Uh, yeah. Well, cause they say in the comic book, following a vicious Orlax attack on his father, King Rander, he man learns the creature is linked to the origin of the sword of power. So vicious creature linked to the origin of the sword of power. It's Castle Grayskull, man. It's Castle. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't resist. It was there. My my uh, mind went to knowing they're trying to keep this like as a continuation of the classic era. My mind went to the Castle Grayskull dungeon grate. And all the creatures that were there. Okay. And, I, and as far as I know, none of those guys were named ever. Mm-hmm. But it would be kind of be a cool, like, like you said, a deep pull where they're like, let's take one of those creatures out of the dungeon and have him be something, you know? I like that. I like that. And I think just by the name Orlax... I was thinking it'd be attached to that, like that hairy arm with like the pincher claw at the end. You know, that's where my mind went. But when you posted this preview page and I see in that first panel, the like pink energy. Mm -hmm. If I recall correctly, there was like that slimy pink, like tentacly creature creeping out of the dungeon. grate, wasn't there. That's yeah, and that's what I, where my mind went. So yeah, yeah. So after, other, after seeing that, uh, I I'm thinking it's going to be that pink creature from the dungeon. I could be completely off, but that's where that's where my mind's at. Well, my my mind went to on on filmation. They did do the spirit of Gray Skull, but he was a pink face, right? Bald pink energy face or am i completely wrong yeah it's like a pinkish red yeah yeah and and so there's a part of me that thinks maybe there's something that has to do with that that takes the form of a creature 
because right. if it's the spirit of Grayskull, it should be have something to do with the sword because he's using the sword to call upon the power of Grayskull. So I don't know. I it it's like I kind of wish we would have seen the page before this because that would have answered that question, but it still leaves it as a big question mark that you know here we're debating it right now and. So there's definitely some questions. And it's I kind like of that. interesting, though, isn't it, that that was the page that was shown and not the page before that? Or it's again, you know, like I found it and I'm like, I got to get this up as fast as I can, but I also need to know it's credible. And unfortunately, there's been nothing to what cor- corroborate that. It's just here's this page and how this guy of all people got it. And then right. the thing that got me is the person that posted it was the one that was like, I don't like it. And I'm like, <laughs> well, you just want to that, post this to start doing that. Okay. That happened. So I wanted exactly, More exactly. And not, but, and I did get it up there. If you guys are on uh, YouTube, I did throw a picture of the, the creature that I was talking about up there. So I, I'm thinking that's a good, good possibility there. I I'll say like positives of looking at this uh, without getting into what the Orlax actually is. Um, I do like Tila's new new design uh, quite a lot. I think that works. Yes. Um, there's the Orlax, the the potential Orlax. I should say. I, I'm not gonna say it's the like Orlax. I said. I'm I could be completely wrong, but just based on what they're doing right now, I think it makes so much sense. And like I said, that pink. That pink spray really, really sold me on the idea of that slimy, one-eyed, maybe one-eyed, who knows, what's what's down there? Yeah. The fact that that is actually a thing, possibly, in this show is actually getting me excited, because when I was a kid, that's oh. been there, never was referenced on the show very much. It was usually portals. Than, all, than it was dungeon grates and stuff. All you those know, creatures so. in there, I had stories in my head with them. That wolf guy and that Axel put the frog guy on the uh, Rise of Evil two pack on the side art. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I think everybody, everybody had their own stories about all these monsters that are stuck in that grate. You know, yeah, it, it's it's like Return of the Jedi. You don't know what's around the corner in Jabba's palace, and you're coming up with a hundred yeah. different fan theories and fan fictions in your head. Um, exactly. but yeah, I, I actually really dig her out, but I can't wait to see them reveal her figure. Uh, yeah. is that one I'm, I'm out of, out of the women figures evil into me is much lesser of the thing. I'd rather see Tila. I really dig the, the He-Man design. I mean, it's not much different than the traditional, but just looking, even the hair and stuff is working for me. And I'd, I'd say the only thing that is a little off, but eh, we'll see. Uh, just her rendition of Grayskull is a little different than I'm used to. Yeah. Um, but everybody has their own artist interpretation of that. I have my own way when I draw it versus, you know, the, the, the poster for the show was a whole yeah. different way. You know, it's like, it is what it is there. But there were hundreds it, of different incarnations of it in the mini comics. And it's still Grayskull. There is no exactly. part of you that looks at that and goes, well, is that Grayskull? You know, just like, yeah, 2000X, it was the whole, that's I guess that's Grayskull, but that looks like a Mark Tegzera Grayskull because of the right. whole the drawbridge yeah. being so high up and everything. And the four so, yeah. walls. He always drew it as a fortress rather than uh like like a like a fort rather than a castle. Yep. <laughs> yep. All right. So I think that's all our news. 
So we got a quick review for you guys. Um, right after we come back from these messages, we will be talking about the newest in the Masters of the Universe Origins uh, mini comics. So that is Sucker Punch. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Legends of Grayskull will be back right after these messages. Available now exclusively from PowerCon, we have the bundle of the toys of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, and He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, a character guide and world compendium supplement, volume one. This PowerCon exclusive supplement edition follows up to the previously released character guide and world compendium. PowerCon is the only place you can get this supplement, and you get both new books in one combo pack. Both books are 9 inches by 12 inches inside. The character guide supplement contains 168 pages. And the toy guide contains 752 fully colored pages full of details, pictures, bios, and more. Covering the whole range of Masters of the Universe toys that we grew up with. Please head over now and get your exclusive bundle only at toyguide.thepowercon.com or for our international listeners, bigbadtoystore.com. Hurry now as the pre-order is already 90% sold out. These books are shipping now and the last 10% will not last long. And now... Back to Legends of Grayskull. Welcome back to episode 63 of Legends of Grayskull. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, so we just wrapped up the news. We're going to do our review now. We haven't done a review in a while. There's been so much news. And we're even running a bit long today. But we're going to do it anyways. Because <laughs> it's a short one. Yeah. Ah, so Sucker Punch. This is... The newest uh, Master of the Universe Origins mini-comic, and it comes with the wave with Fisto, Faker, the repaint Evelyn, and the repaint Merman. Well, repaint slash Lords of Power Merman. Uh, these have only showed up in Malaysia so far, and special thanks to uh, Terrence Tan, who took pictures of this and uploaded it, and so all of us in the U.S. could read it. Um, let's flip through right quick here. So the front cover is Fisto holding a gem in his hand, investigating it, and He-Man standing behind him with a giant wooden club. Clearly about to help him, I'm sure. <laughs> so, I mean, but looking at this cover you know you really can't tell whether it's it's he-man standing behind him ready to fight with him or is it he-man attacking him you know what i mean yeah because the the eyes are so simplistically drawn that it it honestly it does yeah. look like he-man's looking at the reader it doesn't right. look like he's looking well, at Fisto at all. Same with Fisto, really. He's got that gem, but his eyes are also kind of looking at us, too. Mm -hmm. So, it's a couple ways you could interpret this cover. Um, 
I do I do got to point out because I'm the nitpicky guy. Um, the miscolor on Fisto's fingers there. Yeah, they they are flesh colored on his big hand and not. Uh, he does, his glove is just a bracer on the cover. Yeah, just caught that a little while ago myself. Yeah, it was when I was uploading them for the show. I didn't catch what? it through my read through. It was it was <laughs> right now. For for anybody who loved to uh, pick apart that one preview page uh, yeah. and it was low res and everything, like honestly, if you give this a quick look over, it looks like Fisto is having a piece of pie and He Man wants that pie. <laughs> That's really what it looks like, to, or pizza or something. It really has that feeling of if Fisto's about to eat the last piece of pizza at the campsite or something, and He Man is not having anything to do with that. And right. Uh, it's you know like we're, we we have many comics that look like this. And to me, the Mindy Lee art is so much ahead, shoulders above what we've been getting in the mini comics. No, no offense to Nate Barch who did do a mini comic. I'm not going to say his was uh, no good. I actually loved what he was doing, but this one is a reminder of if you want to complain, I don't know if you can look too far from home. On now, that do we first, know? Did, so. did Nate do this one? Have we heard yet? He he didn't do this one. His you know was, that for sure. Uh, okay. I definitely do because he posted uh, he posted a few shots of the pages he worked on, and the one that he did had uh, it was He Man versus Skeletor moments in it. Yeah, this I know is he, definitely he did, not that. I know he did Dimensional Doom. I can't remember. I can't. I will say I think the art is coming along. Um, mm. It's better than those first ones, in my opinion. But let's flip through right quick. Sure. Uh, I'm not going to read everything, guys. We'll just do a quick flip through, and then we'll we'll kind of call out some stuff. So we got Fisto in his forest, uh, dwell, you know, thinking how it's been too quiet lately, um, and then he realizes, and then there's a bunch of noise, and he realizes that some the forest is under attack, and he goes to investigate. Um, when he gets there. He sees uh, the land shark just tearing up the forest, but uh, He-Man driving it, and he uses his fist, punches out the land shark's teeth, knocking He-Man from the land shark, uh, but He-Man gains the upper hand and knocks Fisto out. Uh, we then jump to a dungeon, and Fisto's trying to figure out what's going on. He's trying to break out. He can't break through the door, and He-Man shows up, and he's telling him that, you know, there's a spell on the door, so he can't, even he can't break it through, and uh, He-Man's telling Fisto that he's, uh, that Fisto is serving Skeletor, and really making Fisto question what's going on, if He-Man's under mind control, or if Fisto himself is. Uh, but then as He-Man's turn to leave the dungeon, his voice changes a little bit, and Fisto realizes, surprise, that's not He-Man, it's Faker. And as he punches mm -hmm. him out, uh, Faker reverts from his He-Man colors to his Faker colors. Uh, and then we're treated to a shot at Snake Mountain, where Evelyn says that her takeover of the forest 
uh, failed. Merman's given her grief about it because she lost to Fisto of all people. And they got the broken faker there. And Skeletor comes in and says, you know, enough. You may have failed, but we shall not. And it shows a great shot of a whole room full of faker robots. So, Sean. Again, a mini comic, short and sweet. But what did you think of the story more than the art? This this one out of the ones that I've been able to read is definitely more the style I've been waiting for them to do. Yes. It, it felt like here's this little mini adventure. And I, I love not the fact that it's Fisto because you know I love Fisto. Well, it I helped. love that they focused on someone else. Yeah, it wasn't just He Man, and I like that when you see He Man, it does make you go, "What is going on here?" You know, mm-hmm. and it, that that whole bit was great. And I I'm surprised to say, wow, it's actually crazy to go, you know, two figures. I mean, basically they have all three figures for this line right there. You know, like they have Merman in here, they got Evil yeah. and Fisto, Baker. I like that, and I like that it just has this feeling of like, okay, here's everybody in the story, and He-Man and Skeletor are evergreen. There they are, you know, and yeah. it sells it well, better than the meh and all that stuff that we got in the first couple. Right, and I, I love the it. Is, it felt like an old mini comic adventure. It was beginning, middle, end, boom, we're done. You know, it was mm-hmm. you know, Fisto's protecting his forest. Faker tries to take over, and and convince Fisto that he's the evil one. And I also liked, it felt like they're doing some research now. Because they had Fisto in a forest. They even tried to, they even dropped the thing about Master Skeletor trying to convince him he was evil. But it ties back to that, you know, origin and filmation where he was evil serving Skeletor taking over the forest. So Mm -hmm. it was nice to have those little nods for us adult fans like, hey look, we remember what came before. Here's what's happening now though. Um, Merman and Evelyn dropped in there. The only thing to me is, you know, why didn't they ping Evelyn there like the Evelyn figure that came out? You know, but I mm-hmm. guess that would have been too much like. So obviously, the yellow skinned Evelyn is the Evelyn they're going with. Yeah. Um, for this series. Um, but, uh, but it was a nice story. And. It is now holds history as the first Masters of the Universe mini comic not to have He Man in it. Yeah, because he never showed up in here. It was all Faker disguised as He Man the whole time. Um, and another interesting tidbit: I think they even dropped a hint at this mini comic way back during PowerCon last year. Because if you recall, during the Origins panel. Yep. Who did they have piloting the land shark? He-Man. They That's right. He-Man and a lot of people questioned that. And they kind of were like, oh, He-Man's taking it out for a ride. <laughs> yep. I, th- I think it was a little hint at what was to come that, you know, Faker's coming. Because the land shark, it's, it's, it's ship, but it really hasn't hit retail yet. So I think basically land shark is the vehicle kind of for this wave. You know, like the Sky Sled was for Wave 1. So, I think they teased us all the way back at PowerCon last year that, you know, hey, Faker's coming in this wave, and, you know, he's going to be driving the Land Shark as He-Man. And probably about my only complaint about this, honestly, is the army of Fakers at the end of it. 
like I never viewed Faker as like 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 an army. You know, I think that and I think that's too too powerful of an army. Like to me, I think there needs to be some sort of special way you make Faker. Because otherwise you're looking at this where it's like, yeah, why doesn't if Faker is a robot almost as strong as He-Man who can impersonate him, why wouldn't you make an army? Even if they can't impersonate him, that trick gets old. You still have an army of robots almost as strong as He-Man. Like, why do you even need warriors? So I, I've always been of the mind that there needs to be something a little magical about Faker's creation to get him to that level. Mm -hmm. I, I think for me, it, like, I find it to be funny that this is now Mattel doing, hey, yeah. army building. <laughs> and that's the first time they've really done it to that yeah. extent where it's like, uh, yes, we've had horde troopers. Yes, we've had all the, but there is that element of when you see them on the screen, it's a kind of a given. These are troopers. Right but now, it's like okay, everybody's going to army build faker <laughs> if you read this, or at least get six of them because they have six on the final panel. And yeah, he's not a character I ever viewed as he's going to be army built, and no. he's a specific purpose character. What, exactly the the only way I could see this working if they do a mini comic follow-up to this is having it where he has a, a, a army of them and they're all like He-Man and they're all in different places and they're all doing evil things. And that right. is what's making attorney a turn against He-Man because he's there going, I was never there. How do you know he was here? He was there. That could be an interesting way to play it. But I don't think within a six page story, you're going to get much traction no. there. No. Um and I think I think it makes me kind of sad too because you have four figures in this wave, uh, and two of them fail right off the bat. Faker, you have Faker and Evil in. Faker just gets the bejesus knocked out of him with one punch, and uh, you know Evil in. Well, I could have gotten the forest, but that didn't work. And then Merman's yeah. giving her crap. And the only person that really is shining here is Fisto because he managed to have his his story and he got out of the situation without needing anybody else to help. Yep. Him, you know, so there's that element of you know the representation of how these characters work. It, I don't personally think it's the smartest thing to show Fisto beating up one of the only other main villains you have in this next line, and and it, him being such an easy defeat you know like right. i always viewed faker as you have to go you have to get he-man to fight faker you can't just knock him out with fisto you know fisto would have to go toe-to-toe yeah. -to -toe with him for a bit to finally get him on the ropes you know that's the way i always viewed him as a kid at least i agree again seven well six page mini comic eight with the yes. front and back covers so yes you know uh, he and they did go toe-to-toe -to -toe earlier and even in the self uh faker slams him down at first yeah. Again, yeah. he got he got the sucker punch. Fisto got the sucker punch. He hit he Faker did. just right to knock his his servos out. Um, and correction, because I just realized what I was looking at on the front cover. He's not looking at well, like a gem. Those are land shark teeth. That's what they are. Because there's uh, two other ones there. It's like Fisto's yeah, investigating right. the path of destruction in the forest. That's what they are. Because I was just thinking, he, I'm like, you know what? In the in the issue, it's not Fisto looking at anything, but I'm like, oh no, those those are supposed to be the land shark teeth. Like they got embedded in the in the trees as they tore them down. 
or the two of them on the side are laying shark teeth and he's having lunch while he ponders what's happening because it looks like pie. Maybe I can't he, help it. It looks like pie. Maybe he <laughs> eats land shark teeth for lunch. We'll leave, hey, that for, he's, we'll leave that for the boys over at Podcasters of the Universe I, to discuss. I was just going to let, let's let's ask Steve because Steve loves him a little more than I even do. So that, there you go. You can have that. He could be the definitive one of what is Fisto having for lunch on this cover. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. The other thing about it too, yeah. and and I know 2000X kind of went there, and I know Filmation went there. There is something about the fact that that Faker is just He Man until the punch happens, and then it, all of a sudden it's Faker, and he looks the way that we know Faker to look. There's a part of me that's like, I kind of just want to have Faker just look like Faker and do something instead of having to look legitimately. It's like, now he's He-Man, now he's Faker, the way that they did it here. Um, so there's a, there's a part of me that's like, you know, I, I get why they did it. I get that the whole, because right. that, that's the crux of the story. But I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm very much like, I never saw Faker as he changed one way to another when I was a kid. So having it be this like morphing character where he's going to morph into He-Man, but then he's really a different guy underneath it's a little well, different for me. And I, it'll take some getting used to. Well, that's that's how I always viewed Faker because I'm like, well, what does uh, uh, you know a blue He Man? What does that What does that give you? You know, and I think the plan always from the beginning was always to have uh, you know it's the evil imposter of He Man, like mm-hmm. he he takes He Man's place. In my mind, um, I always thought and that's what I was saying kind of alluding to earlier in my thoughts of a story for Faker I always thought the blue form was like his end form so basically Skeletor creates uh, he, a robotic He-Man to duplicate him to, to be the imposter of and then whatever happens in that story by the end of it he's damaged and that's what changes his skin to the blue and so basically, I always viewed it as it's a one and done. Like Faker has a storyline where he impersonates He-Man, he fails, and then Skeletor still uses the 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 damaged blue robot because he is a strong robot. You know, that's okay. how I always looked at it because. I, but I I don't I, I'm I'm with you. I don't like this. I don't like the King Hiss style Faker where it's like he changes back and forth. I think once he's defeated, he's just Faker. He becomes his own villain, even if he doesn't work for Skeletor. I thought about that, too. It could be cool to see Faker after he fails for Skeletor, like he's discarded, but he's not dead. He repairs himself, and then you've got the blue Faker kind of acting independently, you know? Mm-hmm. So that could be another cool avenue to, to go down. But I sure. agree. It shouldn't be the King Hiss, you know, He-Man, Faker, He-Man, Faker, over and over again. It should be. Mm-hmm. He of all characters needs a a one and done imposter storyline. Yeah, agreed. Because yeah, I, I I guess uh, was it those giant books? You have those the giant ones where yeah, it was the heroic warriors yep. and the and the evil warriors and stuff. I, I could have swore it was something like that that said you know Skeletor created him to look yep. the way he looks when he's blue, but then he has a spell that he uses yep. to make him look like he. So it's like, okay, that I can forgive that and stuff. And in this case, they, yeah. they did already say, 
okay, the the spell that's on the doors to the cell, it can't be yeah. he can't knock it over by being just you know punching it hard or whatever. So the fact that he punched Faker hard enough to knock the he knocked the magic out of him, you know. Yeah, I, and I that's kind of dig that. That's the other way. way to go. Have it be a, uh, and I've seen people do that. But have a time like a time limit on it. You know, it's mm-hmm. definitely one of those powers that needs some boundaries. So yeah, if you put, yeah okay Skeletor and you know even do it just Skeletor like Skeletor can cast a spell, but it's only good for X amount of time. Like that mm-hmm. that limits the power and everything. Um, yeah, but yeah, you need something there. It can't just be like it can't. Yeah. Be mis- it can't be Mystique, where he changes at will. That's yeah. too powerful. You know? No, I, I'm not a fan of that. I like the limiting him aspect of it. Right. That that makes the that makes interesting storytelling with it to me, and, and just the idea of the army building a faker. <laughs> Never, yeah. never, ever has been no, on the table no. for me. So that's a different way to do it. But if they did it, like I said, and I'm not trying to say I should write it. I'm just saying if they did a storyline where he's using all these fakers to go around and do evil things and He-Man can't be everywhere at once. Right. That could be interesting. That could be kind of fun. Right. But, you know, unless they play it off like that, I'm, I'm just kind of like. I probably wouldn't army build Faker because to me he's Faker. He's his own thing. So, but uh, I, I definitely think it's a step in in a very good direction compared to the uh, the first wave mini comic, especially because I saw that one and I'm like, oh boy, this is not working. I know, I know, we're reaching the end end of our time. Uh, one last thing it doesn't have to be huge, but just you talking about that made me think. What if there's a storyline where Skelter creates an army of fakers? They can all look like He-Man. Skeletor also gets a hold of He-Man, mind controls him, and basically issues a challenge to the masters. Like there are there are 20 He-Men Roman Eternia right now. One of them's the real one. Stop me or stop them. And just know that your He-Man is one of them. Mm-hmm. That, I, I, I'd be down with that, no problem. That could be, that like, if be... they did that on the new show, <laughs> yeah. on, not Revelation, but the new show, if they went there, I, I would be, like, gripped in my seat wanting to watch this and see how it played out, because that's actually, that would be a Skeletor move. Right. And he's like, so Skelter's doing his thing. The Masters have to split up to battle all these He-Men. But as they're battling them, one of them is the real one. Just either he's, I wouldn't say mind-controlled, but maybe something more. And I know I'm, I'm hitting DC hard here. But just in my mind, like maybe something like the Scarecrow's Fear Toxin. Like Skeletor comes up with something like that where He-Man's seeing the heroic he's seeing the warriors, evil warriors as yeah. the evil war. Like he sees man. Yeah. It's man at arms, but he sees trap jaw, you know? So it's Mm -hmm. like, and then, but then he's got all the fakers that are actually causing chaos and everything. So it's like, and the other thing, yeah, uh, there's one more thing to this plot that you need is to say, if you don't find out which is the real one by sunset, he will be, his, his mind will be destroyed 
and he man right, will right, be right. gone forever. So there's right. that on top of it. So they have to get to all of them and they have to find out who's the right one. But then on top of that, you also have to figure out how to cure him of what this is. Right. Stop there's a whole the that, that's a cool episode that could that would be a cool like two-parter three-parter that would have been a cool like week-long saga back in the day you know like the thundercats did and everybody else like episode one episode one could just be he-man like going up against this strange new threat which turns out to be faker and then the, the episode ends with him getting defeated and then you spend the next two to three-ish episodes with the masters trying to get their he-man back you know, the fourth episode ends with them finally finding the right He-Man, and then the fifth episode is them, you know, turning the tables back on Skeletor, who would have conquered mm-hmm. the palace by that point. Let's be yep. honest, you know. And it's like it, it's that whole like uh, the Curse of the Spellstone race against time ticking right. clock uh, plot line that that we both enjoy quite a lot. So I love it. I love it. Yeah, I, if they don't want to do it. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm actually it's like I, i'm kicking this around in my head going like ooh, there's there's a lot of fun you could have here because on top of that you know there is an element if you even introduce to like fisto uh, for instance they just right. go in here fisto doing the whole i don't see what's so great about he man i could i got my fist i could do this and that and blah, blah 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 and you have some of them almost doing the whole you know, we could handle things without him from time to time and all that kind of stuff because they right. do, there is that feeling sometimes of, well, it's always him. Why can't why can't Buzz off Mechanic and yeah. and and Fisto go do this or Ram Man and and Manny Faces handle this or whatever? So you know, it's like there is that feeling of that, and I, I like that it would put it into perspective for the the main characters and the heroes. It also puts into perspective for uh, the villains, how this, this is fun, you know, and I, yeah, there's a lot of fuel to that one. There's a lot. Oh, but I, I will say sucker punch. It got us talking. It got us thinking Uh, their artwork to me. Wasn't as bad as it has been. Uh, Story was a fun little adventure. I'm going to get a bit of seven. I think that was an above average. The only thing coming down for me is I, I, I do think the art could still be better. I I, I hate to do this, but I'm going to say that I'll give it a seven too because this actually got me like like you said we we talk about it, and on top yep. of that, it it got my mind going. And this is what the mini comics That's... were supposed to do when we were kids, you know. Yep. I um, think, and on I top think it of it, uh, on top of that, like uh, actually, no, 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 I'm going to go eight. Ooh, you know why? Why? I'm going to go eight, and it's not because of Fisto, but it's the it's fact that we have anybody other than He-Man <laughs> starring in the mini-comic. And yep. it, it, granted, he's this wave. I get it. Fisto is the, the hero of the wave. Right. But it's just cool to have a, a this is his own thing. You and know, he, and, and he didn't need He-Man's help. He didn't need He-Man's help. So I love the fact that they're actually... They're, they're shining the light on some of these other characters and showing they're capable, and that's why they're part of the mythology of this. They're not just, oh, geez, it's Lois Lane falling from something. I wonder if Superman will show up, kind of a feeling with, with the other heroes. They should be capable. They should be represented in a way where they're not just a one-off, oh, right. if they can't handle it, He-Man better show up or else, you know. So, yeah, I... The art is still, mm, but, but yeah, the the story surprisingly had me going like, man, I feel like a kid again reading this. This is like a a, a missing gem from the stuff in the mini comic books from the Dark Horse and all that. So yeah, 
Hundred um, percent. Completely agree. Eight. 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 I'm still sticking with seven. But I, I, <laughs> you go I for it. You. It's fine. You it's fine. All right. On top of that, even Fister doesn't look too bad, at least. And no, that was not a pun. But the way they made him look at him, like, all right, he looks nope. like he just got some hair done. He got his hair did. I can dig anyway. it. <laughs> I can dare right, get him in there. Oh, I love David. <laughs> He was a real winner. All right. I think that's an episode. Sean, lead us out. On today's episode, we learn how box art matters to Matthew Dooch while Sean Scavarn is constantly complaining about the corporate entity that is Mattel and the fact that fans want their own version of things and they're not going to get it. Uh, and we also found out the new mini comics are actually getting pretty darn cool. So go figure, go Origins, go Mattel on that one. Congratulations. Uh, so yeah, wrapping up episode 63, Legends of Grey Skull. Um, get in touch with us, uh, logpod85 at gmail.com. If you have any questions and you're not on the Facebook groups with us, uh, reach out to us on the Facebook groups. We have the Legends of Grey Skull podcast Facebook group. Uh, that's how you're going to find some of this new stuff that we're talking about on the episodes like that preview page that came out of nowhere or the uh masterverse figures um comment share subscribe ring that bell like stars everything that it is on either your podcast app or any podcast app as well as youtube Get notifications. You're gonna we we pop in and do these videos randomly. We're not on a weekly basis, so you'll know the next one by that notification. And feel free to creative criticize as well. We are always happy to hear if there's something we're not doing that you think we could do or should do better. Don't be afraid. Let us know. Uh, and we also want to thank you, by the way, uh, before we leave today. We just hit over 800 subscribers on our YouTube uh, channel, which I know for Matt and I both, we are staggered because only two months ago, we were at a quarter of that number. And somehow we've managed to amass that many people that want to hear what we have to say. And that's blowing our minds. Every time we see those numbers keep going up, keep them going up. 1,000 subscribers before PowerCon. Matt said that's a good number, so we're going to go with what Matt says. Yep. And and that will also be amazing to go, holy crap, there's a 1,000 people. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, any other way you want to reach out to us, comment, subscribe, blah, 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 blah. Until next time. Until next time, <laughs> stay legendary. Oh, come on. Oh!